When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's about sacrifice. It's about spirituality. It's about getting closer to God. Ramadan is supposed to be a time to better yourself in many aspects. Whether you want to change bad habits and try to introduce more good habits into your life, whether you want to be kinder, more gracious with people, is supposed to be like a new beginning for many things. Welcome to Modern Minorities. This is a show about work and life told through the lens of what makes each of us different. I'm Sharon Lee Tony, a Chinese-American girl born and raised in New York City. And I'm Raman Segal, an Indian-American boy who came from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Through conversations with some really interesting people, we uncover the stories, perspectives, and often unspoken truths about how our guests uniquely experience the world. It doesn't matter where you're from, the color of your skin, or who you love. We're all minorities somehow, but we're no one's model minority. This is a show about all of you, for all of us. Hey, Sharon. Hey, Raman. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak. Hey, Raman. Yeah, what's up, Sharon? Are we allowed to say that? What do you mean? Well, neither one of us is actually celebrating Ramadan. That is a very good point. Those are words. But more importantly, I'm not actually sure we know what the meaning of Ramadan actually is. Maybe you don't, but we did a bunch of podcasts last year. And Ramadan is actually the ninth month of the Islamic calendar observed by Muslims worldwide as a month of fasting, prayer, reflection, and community. It's a commemoration of Muhammad's first revelation and the annual observances of Ramadan is regarded as one of the five pillars of Islam and last 29 to 30 days from one sighting of the crescent moon to the next. Well, Sharon, I did not realize that Wikipedia was paying our podcast a lot of money. Did you like my <laughs> did you like my sponsored reading voice? <laughs> it, it could use some work. All right, all right. So Sharon, I actually think we are definitely out of our depth here. Look, we might know a little bit about Islam to have an appreciation for the beautiful culture celebrated by more than 1.8 billion Muslims around the world. Okay, now who's Googling? But... We are by no means experts on what Ramadan really means for people. You make a good point. Hey, Safe. Hi, friends. What's going on? <laughs> Why, it's friend of the pod, Safe Hamid, our favorite Egyptian-American musician by way of Cleveland, New York, and L.A. Soof! What's up? Welcome back to Modern Minority, <laughs> Safe. Thank you. I love being here. All right, all right, all right, Sharon. I see how this is working. Two can play at this game. Hey, Lena. Hi there. Why, it's friend of the pod, Lena Sharif, our favorite Pakistani-American comic book podcaster and fellow boss babe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Aman, you are not a boss babe. <laughs> and she's also co-host of the Grounded Geeks podcast. Welcome to Modern Minorities again, Lena. Thanks for having me. So... Roman, I talk to you frequently enough to, I think, have a pulse on what you're doing and why, but what's happening here? Why did you guys fire up the Muslim bat signal? Uh, I think you mean the Rabat signal. Oh my goodness, uh, guys. Uh, I, can't. I can't. No, 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 no. Well, I'm sure you guys know this, but Rum and I are not Muslim. No. And we don't, we don't know. Really? Yeah. And we don't know nearly enough about Ramadan. <laughs> Except what we read on the internets, which, as we all know, is completely 100% true all of the time. All of the time. All of <laughs> yes. the time. Of course. And so now we've started this annual tradition on our show to ask people who are much wiser than us to share the skinny about how they celebrate the big moments in their culture, like Chinese New Year, Diwali, and Ramadan. They call them the minority majors. Nobody calls it that. That's so tacky. <laughs> I'm starting a trend. Anyhow, so we want to go deeper on one of the biggest holidays in the world, because frankly, I'd guess most of our audience doesn't know enough about it. Yeah. And honestly, there has not been a very special Ramadan episode of This Is Us yet. So, you know, I would actually, my wife watches This Is Us, but I, I'd rather <laughs> see a, a Ramadan episode of Rami on Hulu. Yes. And actually, I would want to see 
More Ramadan episodes in general. Now there's Christmas movies. I want Ramadan movies. Right on. <laughs> Ditto. I'll, I'll call Tyler Perry and see what I can do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. But seriously, let's get into it. What do you remember about Ramadan growing up? How did you celebrate as kids? Lena? Okay. So <laughs> I moved around a lot, but... I was born in Ohio, but I moved to Pakistan, which is where my family's from, when I was a year old. So my first memories are celebrating Ramadan in the homeland. But as a kid, though, I was so young at that time, I obviously did not fast because I was too young. So I mostly just remember people being very hungry around me and like not really <laughs> understanding why. But when it was time for Eid, the end of Ramadan, that was the most fun part because I got all this money for doing absolutely nothing as a kid. So, and that was always really fun just because in Pakistan, my pretty at that time, my mom's whole side of her family used to live there. So I was surrounded by like aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone, like, and actually on my dad's side too. So there was just a lot of emphasis on just eating together as family and with family and friends all the time. After, after sundown. Yes, right. After sundown. <laughs> I mean, I was eating all day as a kid, but yeah, <laughs> everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Safe? Like, what did you guys do for Ramadan as kids in Cleveland? Uh, ditto. Actually, a lot of ditto, Roman, to answer your question. <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to have parallel memories of Ramadan as we celebrated it here. And then I was lucky enough to be in Egypt like a few times as a kid for Ramadan and even as an adult. And it's different, which we can get into. But same, like just a lot of family. In our case, it was like the extended family, the community that became our family because we didn't the have- The uncles any, and aunties. Yeah, and yeah, like we, yeah, yeah, we didn't have, I guess, blood family. So yeah, as a kid, it's all about just the family events and the gatherings and you get to hang with your friends and it's like the best of all worlds because you're not fasting. You don't, like, un until you start, un until you start fasting, like there's right. no struggle. It's really Christmas till it. you start fasting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like 30 days of, of Christmas, I guess. And then, yeah, the end Eid is just awesome and it's celebratory and everyone gets together and yeah. Were there things as kids that you guys would do to, to maybe take advantage of hangry adults? Like, I'm just like, just mischievous things that you may have done as kids. <laughs> oh, man. I don't really remember. I wish I had now that you yeah. bring it up. Wow. Yeah. I was waiting the fruit loops, man. Yeah. 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 I was probably I just being annoying and like probably <laughs> munching. I loved fruit loops as a kid, actually. And I was probably munching on fruit loops like in front of my parents and being like, that's really sad. You can't eat. Why are you so oh, hungry, mom and dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> munch, munch, munch. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember either. I do remember. So as soon as I started fasting, for some reason, how old were you? How old were you? Like teens, early teens. Okay. We would do half days and sometimes full days. Or like if it was during basketball season, we wouldn't fast on game days as we were just beginning to fast. This has zero grounds in anything religious, but. My my brother and I, we developed this tradition where our favorite thing to break fast with was wheat thins with cream cheese on top. Ooh, yeah. Super <laughs> random. Not like nothing Islamic about it. I think that's it. in the Quran. Nothing, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in no, the Quran. I looked. I looked. I, I, I tried. I tried to, to tie awesome. that. Yeah, but no. How does How is the age determined? Because that's interesting. Like teenage, the teenagers, what's, what's the rite of passage? It probably differs for each family. It, it you know it really depends. So after Pakistan, my family and I moved to Ukraine. Very random. Yeah, wow. <laughs> lots of thoughts on that right now these yeah. days. But I remember, and I was like seven, eight years old, and I remember doing like half days or something, starting half days with my parents and stuff. Then so, but then I don't think I've properly started fasting until like Saif was saying, like twelve, thirteen, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, same. And there's a spectrum, obviously. Different families, different people, different levels of strictness, if you will, or like religiosity, if if that's mm -hmm. a fair word to use. But I've heard of like people starting doing half days, like Lena just said, like nine, ten. Mm -hmm. But yeah, same. Well, so because like the purpose of the fast, there is kind of the religious element of why you are fasting and what it's supposed to remind you of. So it's interesting that the idea of a half day, it almost sounds like, oh, I'm taking a half day from work. I'm, I'm going to pass for a half day. <laughs> but, can, but talk about, can, can you actually unpack like the religious significance of the fast for people who don't understand it? 
Yeah. So one of the main reasons for fasting then, and again, I'm not any religious scholar, so I just want that to be clear to everyone. So just growing up, the main reason we fast is that we were taught is that you to really understand what it means for people who are living in poverty, who are actually going hungry. And so that's one aspect of it. Another is that Ramadan is supposed to be a time to better yourself in many aspects, whether it's like you want to change, get rid of bad habits and try to introduce more good habits into your life, whether you want to be just like kinder, more gracious and stuff with people. So it is supposed to be like a new beginning for many things. Ditto. It's about sacrifice. It's about spirituality. It's about getting closer to God. It's about Cleansing, I, like cleansing, is a really important word in like in grounding. I think the the start over or the yeah, that like that's very important. And for us growing up, it was at least the way we were taught in our household. It was more about all of that than it was anything to how like how should I say? It, it was about the spiritual game, which is like, that's the essence of Ramadan, right? And, and there's a lot of rules and it's easy, like in anything in religion, to get caught up in the hundreds of maybe specific rules. But at the end of the day, it's about spirituality, focusing on your spirituality and through the sacrifice of not eating, which a lot of people, frankly, that's the tip of the iceberg of Ramadan. You're not mm-hmm. only supposed to refrain from eating, but you're supposed to refrain from anything bad or anything that you don't like or want to do regularly. And it's about just, it's about fasting from all bad things, which is not to say that eating is bad, but, but like no swearing. <laughs> Indul- yeah. Yeah. So like as a kid or even like in college, you'll hear different Muslims say different things, but you try to not swear during that month or some people mm-hmm. try not to like watch certain things or not consume- watch The Bachelor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. So. Well, so a, a lot of choices in re- any religion, right? Especially more progressive families are about letting the kids come to their decision with the choices they choose to make in the faith. And when I think about Islam, it's the idea of fast for women, it's uh, the choice to wear hijab, all of these things. And so I guess the question around the fast specifically at Ramadan, is it like, you know, it's cool if you're a little kid munching on Fruit Loops, your mom and dad are going to give you a pass. But is there an age at which they're like, eh, come on, you're 13 now. Maybe you should come along with us and do this thing. Like, is there an age where you better make your choice one way or the other? I think also it really depends on each person and you don't know mm. what each person's going through. So, for example, if you have any medical condition, you're not supposed mm. to fast. And if you're expected to take medication, whatever, or if you just have other reasons, like I, I know yeah, people yeah. who, especially when Ramadan was during the summer months and it was really, really long and yeah, long days. Uh, and depends on like what job you have, if you work outdoors or whatever. Like there's so many different circumstances where like God is actually very lenient and you don't need to fast. You can make up for it in other ways or you can find other ways to become spiritually connected that month. So yeah, but as a kid, like, I'm trying to think, like... When I were think... the Fruit Loops not okay, Lena? That's really what I'm trying to get <laughs> No, I think, like, around that, like, 11, 12, 13, right. my mom, I know, was, like, trying to encourage me to do more. And I was such, like, a little goody two-shoes as a kid, too. So I was, like, <laughs> let me do... I want to be a good Muslim. And so, like, I was always all about it. And I think a lot of kids start start off that way, too, where they, they want to be, like, I want to join in, you know, on what the rest of the family is doing. So... Yeah, it was around that time, but it was, it's always, we were talking about doing like half day fast and all that before. And I think most families are, are very concerned for their kids about easing them into it, into fasting, because mm-hmm. it is yeah. a physically strenuous thing to do. It, it is mm-hmm. like, especially I remember being in middle school and like, you know, randomly there's like pizza party or they're giving out cookies oh, yeah, or something. Was, and yeah, like, was tough. it was so difficult yeah, <laughs> to yeah. have to refrain from I mean there were a lot of times where I just genuinely forgot I was fasting that day and like accidentally ate a cookie but so so yeah I mean you turned out okay and you turned out okay (laughs) yeah everything was fine (laughs) but yeah that's what I think it's not like one day families are asking their kids like okay are you like gonna fast all of Ramadan this year like it's Mm -hmm. they want to I think ease them into it well it's funny you say that because like I have a my daughter she's a kindergartner and like everything in school is about we were actually talking to the teacher, learning shouldn't feel like work in the first couple of years. Learning should be fun. 
because you want the mm -hmm. kid to develop a good relationship with yeah. learning and with school to be fun. So I'd imagine it's a point of like Muslim parents wanting to kind of ease, you know, ease the kids in. It's like, we want you to have a relationship with this thing and understand, not think it's a bad thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I actually grew up, I've never seen my mom fast because, so my mom is a cancer survivor. She had mm -hmm. thyroid cancer in the seventies before I was born, like just before I was born. In fact, like she, she met, well, that that was on the other podcast, but the London part of my origin story, Raman, which we talked about earlier, my mom was in London. My parents met in London. My mom was there for, for cancer treatment. But so as Lena said, like if you have to consistently take medication for any health reasons and or if you are compromised in any other way from a health or immune standpoint, you don't fast. And that's a rule, actually. It's not like you have mm -hmm. the option. Like mm -hmm. the rule is you don't fast if, if that's mm -hmm. your situation. So I, I grew up and my dad was in and out of fasting. Like if some years he would fast, some years he wouldn't just like how they were like as individuals. So we grew up with like, I didn't have the, like that pressure that some people have pressure is probably the wrong word for it. But like, like Lena said earlier, for people who can't fast and even for people who do fast, there's so much more about the month than just not eating. Right. And like, what are the other ways you can give? What are the other ways yeah. you can sacrifice? So I like from day one, like all my mom did was like all the other stuff during Ramadan. We grew up doing all that stuff. It feels it's kind, kind of like Lent. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like it's the yeah. volunteering. It's the giving up. It's the donation. Yeah. It's the charity. It's, it's all of it. One big thing that we've noticed in a lot of cultural holidays is the role of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brown people, yeah. we, we just <laughs> we we love giving it, we love <clears throat> receiving it, we love counting it, we love talking about it. <laughs> How does money play into celebrating Ramadan? Oh yeah. I got lots of money when I was a kid. <laughs> I so at the end of Ramadan, well when we would celebrate Eid together, I remember just going to like basically like house hopping to different family members' houses. <laughs> or or sometimes it would be like one big like open house thing i don't know but i essentially was like barely saying hi to everyone i'd be like salam 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 and then i'd like have my hand out because i knew i'd be getting money that day yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so and then like i remember at the end of the day me and my brother just like counting our money and comparing who got more like that was so fun also when we were in pakistan this was all in rupees so it was not it did not have as much value, sadly, <laughs> but it was still, yeah, that I was just got really fun. Rupees, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that was always really fun. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So like my, my kids are six and a half. I've, as you guys know, twin six and a half year old boys. And so they're like all of everything they understand about Ramadan is actually really about Eid and like the presents you get or the money you get. So mm -hmm. like Hada and I have been talking so about- mom and dad are hungry. Yeah. And we, then after a month been, of them being hungry, I get presents. Yeah. Like we've been talking about prepping for Ramadan and we'll like, we'll talk about like, all right, when are you going to give up caffeine ahead of the month and like all that stuff. And they go straight to, oh, Ramadan's coming. So like, when do we get the money? And, uh, and, and <laughs> as a parent, it's actually- that's such a fond memory and it's inextricably linked to the experience culturally. Yes, yeah. Right. But like as a parent, I'm like, man, like, do I really want, do I want to reinforce that in my kids that like, it's about the money. So <laughs> I just keep perspective. They're six. And so, yeah. well, and so like in Chinese new years, it's the red envelopes, but I think the rule Sharon, what is it? It's like, and as long as you are unmarried, you get money. Right. 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 <laughs> well, so, like, oh, interesting. My <laughs> My parents still give me money, and I've been married nice. for several years now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, it goes on. It's not just. It's it's not really just for kids. Yeah. So, but the, yeah. the money trickles down, though. You get the money from your parents, and you yeah. You know, pass it down. Although, so, yeah. Do you give up? Like, do you do you give money to the elders, or is it always? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah. That's no. just the younger people. That would they would never accept it. <laughs> that would be so weird. I think if. We were to give money to our I mean, but, it, but it's a gift from the elder generation to the younger. That's a right. wild question. I've mm. never, ever, ever thought about that. Like, I've yeah. never even thought. Try it. See what happens. This about year. Yeah. Report back. Giving well, my parents anything for aid. That's crazy, actually. That's wow. what's interesting wow. about Chinese New Year. Because the, the cutoff point is marriage. Mm. You can definitely be 
a married person giving someone older than you, like probably not your grandparents, obviously, right? But like Mm -hmm. someone who's older, like an older cousin, you would give them a red envelope because they'd be unmarried. Hmm. Right? So like if you have someone in your family who's like in their 40s and they're just single, then someone who's maybe in their 20s or 30s that is already married would have to give that person a red envelope. Isn't that weird? Yeah. (laughs) Perk for staying single. (laughs) As we learned from Sharon, because like me, Sharon was single and unmarried for a while. Like you get a lot of judgment from the auntie class. (laughs) Yeah. You also get smaller and smaller envelopes as you get older. Because they're just like, come on. They're like, here's a buck. Like go, go get, go, go go find a boyfriend. (laughs) So it's not not positive reinforcement. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm giving my parents gifts this year. That's, yeah, I think yeah. I'm gonna do something like it. that too. I'm doing it. I feel like I usually the love I express for older family members is always through food. Whether yeah. I'm like making a dessert or something, like, or I'm helping out with whatever dinner is happening for Eid. But yeah, maybe it's time to give them something. <laughs> the, the, the ultimate like pandemic money gift is. Uh, Grubhub gift cards. <laughs> Just send your parents a Grubhub gift card. Dinner's on me. But what's I, I and I want you guys to both answer honestly and not be influenced by each other. When you give money to younger people, how much do you give? It depends who it is. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a right, random, you got, you, you got a nephew. Like five bucks. You got, you, you, so, so you got it. You've got a new nephew, so he gets five bucks. Right. No. 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 I said if it's a rando kid. Oh, <laughs> randos get five. No, I actually was going to bring this up. So. My husband has two nieces and two nephews, and they're like between six and 11 years old. And I don't know if this is more of like a newer tradition with like second generation Muslim Americans, but we've been giving them physical gifts, like whether yeah. it's, I don't know, like books or whatever, like toys and things like that. And whereas when I was a kid and at that age, like I was only getting money, which I was more than happy with. And now as they're getting older maybe we'll give like the 11 year old maybe we'll give her just money this year i don't know it's this new tradition that's happening i think for muslim americans yeah same same we give physical gifts but our parents generation still consistently gives money so what about like decorations and like the in-home celebration so in diwali it would always roll around after Thanksgiving, depending on the lunar calendar, but before Christmas. And so we just put the Christmas lights up early. <laughs> and I think in, in, on my wife's side of the family for Chinese New Year's, you put like the red lanterns and the decorations, et cetera. Like, what does that look like in Muslim households for Ramadan? Great question. <laughs> Actually, growing up, again, I think this is a, a newer tradition happening with Muslim Americans or at least for my family, because growing up, we didn't do decorations at all. (laughs) I would guess it's mostly because my mom would spend all of her time just with the food. And Mm. that was the most important thing. Like, especially when getting ready for iftar, the meal to break the fast each night. When you start smelling those those particular foods that you have for iftar, like that's, that was like all the decoration I think our house needed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well said. I, I like calling the scent decoration. Yeah, same. We we know decoration like from childhood here or even in Egypt, like people didn't decorate like places would be decorated, right? Like certain streets or certain restaurants would decorate for like festivity sake, like lanterns and whatnot. But it's a new thing here. Um, but I, I do like the idea of decorations just because as a kid, when well, when we used to live in Ukraine and then when we moved to the U.S., I would just get really jealous during Christmas time, seeing all those lights. And I was like, man, why don't we have that? <laughs> well, I remember so. like living in when I lived in Singapore, I went around like the Malaysian Muslim quarter and it was just beautiful. Like just it, was, it reminded me a lot of Diwali, which was in like Little yeah. India. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing that, but then I never really thought much of it. And then literally doing some of the, the social media stuff our last year's episodes during Ramadan, I, I found out that there were lanterns and stuff. I was like, oh, those lanterns look amazing. And I just, but I've never actually seen them, if that makes sense, like in households and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm making this up. On, this is just coming to me as we talk about this. Our, like, and it depends where you live, I guess, but like the the community aspect that Lena and I both talked about I don't think exists the same way today that it did when we were kids. Yeah. I think I know why, but why, why, do you, why do you? So I think for the individual family, right, who's not in a community, right, 
or not going to people's homes every day or every other day or like packing the weekend with iftar parties, like in lieu of that, so that the kids get into it and the kids get excited and feel the sense of festivity or holiday, that's where the decorations come into play, right? Raman, to answer your question, like a lot of things, right? Like times change, things change, life is busier somehow, I think, like now than it was like back when we were kids. People are more scattered. We, we all grew up in communities that were built around and glued together around immigrants being in the same place. And we don't really have that, right, in our generation. So for better or worse, right, we, we've, we've scattered a bit. And, and so it's a, little, it's a little less tight. I, I, yeah. I definitely feel that as like us trying to find like for our kids, like a Chinese cultural community or Indian cultural community. And sometimes we gravitate to meeting Chinese parents or Indian parents for that because we're like, you have more culture. Let's rent some <laughs> from you like by having our kids hang out. But with Islam, it's something I've heard from past guests and maybe you guys, I don't remember. It's like you can go to mosque because Islam is like this faith that's around the world. It's not as tied to any one country. Obviously, you have majority Muslim countries, but it's like Diwali is very much a Indian thing mm -hmm. with our diaspora as well. Chinese New Year, same thing with the chi with China and the diaspora. So you can go to mosque and be be rolling with an Egyptian or a Pakistani or a, et cetera, et cetera. So as a result, do you find that or is like, not really, as you try to find those communities? I think there is a lot of that. Again, it's just, this is all a very different experience for Muslim Americans versus Muslims in other countries, because mm -hmm. now you've got like second, third generation Muslim Americans, and they've created their own culture. And where, yeah, like you do have Muslim Americans whose like, ancestral background is from all over the place. But you also have this shared American culture that's bringing you together too. And yeah, I, I, this this whole conversation actually about communities and stuff is really interesting because when we moved back to the U.S., which was in like the late 90s, I remember feeling like it was difficult trying to find community then just because like the mosques and whatever weren't as organized, like community centers were still being built. Like it was slowly happening, whereas now some decades later, like it is it depends on what part of the country you go to. But for, for example, whenever I visit my family in Cincinnati, Ohio, I see that the Muslim community there is like really big and they've all like pooled in money to fundraise and like build their community centers and mosques and all that. So yeah, it's interesting to think about how it, it probably changes and shifts geographically even within the U.S. Hmm. Have you ever been to your own homelands or motherlands during Ramadan? Yeah. So I used to live in Pakistan when I was younger. And then when we moved away every, well, every summer we would go back and like 20 some years ago, like <laughs> Ramadan was during the summer back then. And it, obviously it changes every year. It's 10 days earlier every year. But I do remember then whenever we'd go for summer vacation, we would stay at my aunt's house and that was actually my favorite time because I was a little bit older. So I was like fasting like a couple days then and like a few days here and there. But I would get up in the mornings for Sahur for the like the meal that you have before sunrise or dawn. And I just loved sitting with my cousins who just looked so like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> I was just like, everyone's here. It's great. This is so fun. <laughs> but, like yeah. the typical visitor. You're yeah. like, yay, I get to be here. And they're like, oh, it's a whole month yeah. of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, so similarly, I loved it as a kid because as a kid, it was like you take all the good and beautiful stuff we talked about, like the community aspect here and multiply it, right? just exponentially multiplied because back home it's literally everyone right and and everyone's there more we have more family there so it's just in numbers just bigger and bigger parties the house hopping is crazier like the open <laughs> houses are fuller right so it was incredible some of my fondest memories actually from childhood are being in Egypt during Ramadan though now like as an adult and and you like yeah as soon as i became an adult i actually don't like being in Egypt during Ramadan because it is, this is going to sound like a mini rant, which I know you guys like on this, on this pod, but <laughs> it's just so disgustingly 
over commercialized commercial i've yeah. heard that it, from it's, friends it, of the gulf states it, it, yeah. it's now the yeah. good the, yeah. the good part of it is that like in egypt they change the clocks the and in the country it doesn't shut down but it slows down and everyone slows down so everyone's on the same level whereas yeah. here like you really cannot slow down it's not like you could tell your job like sorry i'm working half days for the next month right yeah so like that's good but i got to be honest i feel like the spirituality of the month has been lost in, in a lot of cases back home. And it's all about like, you asked about This Is Us earlier. Every year, like it's all about like, what ads are you going to see on TV for Ramadan from what brands? And, and what are the big like mm-hmm. TV series that are coming out this year? And it's like a big, big commercial thing. Well, it's almost probably how a lot of, it's how a lot of Christians feel about Christmas here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I don't, I don't even like to think about being around it. And our parents, like so like my in-laws right now are in Egypt and you may think that they would want to stay there, right? And be there for Ramadan, but they're not they're coming back because they want to be here mm. for it. What's well, the it's the thing I heard from my friends from the Gulf states was the fast represents sacrifice and appreciation and cleansing and all these things, right? And and this was in like hyper wealthy one percent communities. It's like it's like a gorging feast, not a feast about, yeah, let's appreciate what we, we are literally breaking fast yeah. versus nope. <laughs> now let's go overboard. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And to be clear, like I'm not trying to like yeah. judge the people or speak for like all the people because one, one would, well, you can't do that. I'm not in position yeah, to do that, sure. but, but yeah. externally and outside in and anyone who's there at the time would have that experience, right? Like you yeah, turn on the yeah. TV, you drive around the streets like that that's so well uh, it's it's interesting like, i wanted to ask about ramadan in the pop culture but there's like so many elements of it like i guess it does make sense that there would be like a ramadan mattress sale right <laughs> or or like a coca-cola ad about a family celebrating ramadan right the same way there's a christmas ad yeah i, what, I think what it's is- i think it's like not to backpedal but like the the, the advertising thing is well, because like everyone's at home, right? Like, so you're stuck yeah. at home and, and you're spending more time on the couch, right? And just you're spending more downtime. And frankly, like from a spiritual standpoint, the ideal thing to do with that time would be to pray or to read Quran or just to sit and reflect or like spend family time. But over the years, it's become so much about like what's on TV. Now, mm-hmm. like the good side of the, like I, I called out like the ad, the advertising and like that, that part of it. The cool thing is that all the ads are themed, right? So like it reinforces the vibe and it's festive. So there's some positivity to it, but. I want to make an ask if, if you guys, if, if either of you might, like, I'd love to see some good and bad ads. <laughs> if we could put those in the show notes. Yeah. Lena, I'm oh curious, actually, like, do you feel the same way about Ramadan these days in Pakistan? Yeah. I haven't really been able to be in Pakistan during Ramadan for like a good number of years now. So. As a grown up. Yeah, I have. I was just trying to think about it, but I think it's been very similar in Pakistan too. Like, I know there's like tons of like Ramadan themed ads going on and on TV and stuff. So I'm sure it's like all over social media too. So yeah. I think it's a very similar situation in Pakistan. But I don't know. I also, whenever I go to Pakistan, I'm I'm literally just like family come hang out with me so like i don't even want to like look at my phone or any or whatever it is so i don't know i'm curious now now i, I feel like i need yeah. to make a trip to who Pakistan is who's funding see. these ads like what's the call to action for these ads? probably just different businesses just like there's all kinds of ads and brands doing like christmas themed ads like target yeah. is always like oh so it's like all your sweaters like got, from us I yeah so they're like it's a ramadan's flash sale and we exactly, have 40 yeah. percent of got it got it yeah. or, or there's like the brand building feel good like the coca-cola christmas ad right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the ads fall like the production of and tuning into the tv shows is that's the route right yeah so it's like a month-long super bowl mm. <laughs> for, for advertising yeah. really really like mm-hmm. like there's wow. so much hype around around like the series that are coming out in Ramadan. It's just so yeah. hype. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a is there like a, is there like an, wow. so from a pop culture standpoint, like from a, a release window standpoint, like new seasons of shows or mini series or specials or albums being dropped. So that's happening. Like cultural mm-hmm. moments are happening in that. Yeah, that's, definitely TV shows. Like yeah, I know there's like TV. 
Pakistani dramas. I wouldn't say there's music dropping unless they're like religious or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. But yeah, there's probably like books, TV shows, movies that are being dropped during Ramadan and stuff. Oh, you guys are going to have to send us some examples. I'll try to think of some. Yeah. Ask your parents. I, I tune, I, I'll, I'll have to do some work because I, I kind of like, I tune out of that. I don't even Same. Yeah. 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 How do you guys celebrate Ramadan now as grownups? Ooh. Well, now as a grown-up, I also have to go to work. Right. Which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> then you're hungry was... <laughs> all day. Yes, yeah. it's a different thing. I have to say, like, being... In the homeland, it's nice to not have to explain yourself. Whereas here, <laughs> I feel like I'm always having like my like annual Ramadan talk to explain to whatever coworker about what it is and like why I will not be joining you for lunch. But thank you for the invite. So yeah, I think that part is difficult, and it's nice in like in Pakistan, Egypt, and other countries when the whole country just seems to dial it down a bit so that everyone can just be. You're on the same wavelength. But now I think it's just, it's funny because like my calendar just gets filled up with iftar parties throughout the month. Like I've been getting texts from people and they're like, save this date, please. Like I'm <laughs> having an iftar party on this day. So yeah. um, the, your social calendar does fill up pretty quickly. Although it slowed down a lot this last couple of years during mm -hmm. the pandemic. So, which was, that was like weird it was like nice because you got a break a bit, but it was also kind of sad. Iftar zooms, right? Yeah, but it was also it, it was sad. Like last year, I was I was sad that like oh man, this is happening second year in a row yeah. now. So I feel like people but, are gonna go yeah. go hard this year. Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> well, you, I mean, yeah. you said your your calendar is already full. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so it's just I think now as an adult, it's just a lot of like trying to meet up with people, catch up with them, and just eating a lot when the sun is down. What about you, Safe? How do you plan to celebrate this year? So Ramadan as a parent is really, really hard to do. Like, I won't sugarcoat it because like your kids are, they're at 150% go like kids are. Yeah. All day, every day. They wait. Like, I, I can't sleep in. We don't sleep in. The work you have to do at home, in addition to at work, like doesn't say that it doesn't go down, stays the same. So it's hard. Like, I won't lie. But we'll do like the usual, right? Like we'll get the, the kids are into it. They understand. So we'll get home from work or, or I guess stop working since we're still working from home. Watch them eat. <laughs> like <laughs> make food for them. Watch Fruit them Loops. Eat. Fruit Loops I hear yeah. are popular. Yeah. The, not, the official sponsor of Ramadan. Yeah. They're not, they're not waiting for us. And then we'll, my wife and I, then we'll sit down and eat after they go to sleep. Or, or, or like this year, it'll be a little before their bedtime. It also limits a little bit the extent to which we can go out for iftars because un unless you just like want your yeah, kids to go yeah. wild, that's <laughs> always like there's a risk reward ratio there as, as you guys know as parents. But so we do as much as we can at home. For me, like I'm actually very, the best Ramadans in my life, right? Were when I was single and my work situation was such that like I could slow down a little bit during the month and I, I lived in New York at the time and I spent a lot of time like I would just take my time sleep in a little bit I was lucky to have this right like I had a few mm -hmm. years of this go like chill in Central Park listen to Quran or just chill and like reflect and I had a few like really really spiritual years of Ramadan fortunately I'm thankful for that and I wish I could do that now but it's hard You'd, like like Lena said work doesn't stop for me kids don't stop so yeah, it's it's as soon as you really go into that adulting phase of life, it's like, man, we had it good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's hard. Like, in, I guess retirement maybe will be the next time. It's, yeah. it's like that when you can yeah. walk in the park, listen to Quran. That'll yeah. you'll, you'll get that back one day. Like, I'm back in like consulting and advising mode right now, and it's mm -hmm. funny. Like the past few days, so for the, like the past three months, I've been trying to line up my work such that I have a very very. <laughs> like small slate of work for the month of April. Yeah. But the past like few days have seen that slowly slip away. And I'm like mentally preparing myself to probably not have the Ramadan that I was hoping I would be able to have this year being the first year I'm back no. to like consulting in like over a decade, but we'll see. Inshallah. It'll be uh it'll be a good one. Yeah. Inshallah. <laughs> you gotta follow up the inshallah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that for you as well. Safe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, 
you guys, we've learned so much about both of you and, and your experiences with Ramadan. We've learned a lot about heritage and traditions as well. Can I, can <laughs> I insert if... one more thing, Sharon, at sure. the top? So you get in the beginning, you, you joked a little bit about like, can we even say Ramadan Mubarak? I think oh, yeah. what's what's really cool, actually, like what's been cool throughout my entire life here, like about the Ramadan experience is like having ha- like I've had a number of friends who are not Muslim, like want to fast for a day or, or want mm-hmm. to like, oh, like, yeah. like experience it, which has been that that's a really, really beautiful thing, I think, about being a Muslim American or Muslim, anything else that's not in a Muslim country that like everything else here right melting pot like it's a way to spread mm-hmm. and, and share the culture so that that's been a beautiful thing throughout life about ramadan here. yeah i actually love it when people say ramadan mubarak to me i appreciate yeah. it a lot yeah. <laughs> i love that idea if you guys could share i love the idea of having people participate by fasting or trying that so if there are any like how to's on, on how to do that, right? Like if there's any specific way that folks should be thinking about that, we can put that in the show notes. Cause as well, you were saying that too, I was like, yeah, maybe I should try that. Like just for a day. Well, and what's, yeah. what's funny is I was about to make like a really starky remark shared about like, well, when the sun's sun rises, but like, there's something, I think Lena, you were saying there's like almost a preparation. You need to get up mm-hmm. before sunrise to have a meal and there's probably <laughs> foods you prefer to eat versus not eat. Yeah. Right. Well, I also, I also know a lot of people who like skip the sunrise meal because it is real. That's probably, I think the hardest part because your sleep schedule is so off, especially yeah. if you have to go to work and stuff too, that it, like you're waking up at like, I don't know. It depends where you are, but like 3am, 4am just to like scarf some food down, drink some water and then nothing for the next like 15 yeah. hours or something. So I skip it. Yeah. I skip inevitably yeah. like yeah. the first four days I'll, I'll wake up for it. Three, mm-hmm. four, maybe like make it to day five. And then you just get to the point where you prioritize the sleep. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. How, how early is sunrise usually? Like five, um, six by that time? No, it's like, I, I have to look it up for like my part of the country, but I think it's like 4 a.m. Basically for Ramadan, wow. depend, depending cool. if uh, what part of the year, you should just move to like Iceland or Australia. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Also, Wherever the sunrise is late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I also have to clarify that it's, we we say it's like sun sunrise to sunset, but it's actually dawn to dusk. Yeah. So you are, that's why I'm saying it's like, so dawn is like, like 4.30 or something. Uh, wait, wait, hang so, on. What, what's the technical difference? So dawn is like when you're just starting to see, like you say, yeah, safe. Did when you, you say see the break? light. So yeah. you can't see the sun, but there's light Yeah, in the sky. exactly. So, oh, um, it's, so it's a little bit That's earlier. Really... And, so today, and then also dusk is earlier than yeah. sunset. So, so today um, in Long Beach, where I am, if I were to be fasting today, the fast would start at 5.02 a.m. Wow. And end at 5.56 p.m. So yeah, yeah, that is early. You'd have to get up at four or four thirty to yeah, which is like, to make nah, see, I totally keep it, food not, by the my by bedside table. Oh, we try that too. <laughs> I try that, but even that, like, like it's not it's not an awesome thing to wake up like chug water or stuff your face and then just right. go right back to bed. That's not right, right. So yeah, for me, like mentally, hard. if I'm waking up for suhoor, like I'm committing to being up for like an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same here. Before, as a kid, also uh, another perk of being a kid that like I would just get up roll out of bed stumble downstairs and then my mom would have food ready for me <laughs> and now as an oh, adult yeah. I'm like yeah. oh god I need to like prepare food for myself and I like I try to like have an egg or something I need some protein like I'm trying to think very deliberately about like what do I need what nutrients do I need especially to keep me going throughout the day so yeah. Sharon good way to participate yeah do some charity Ramp up, okay. ramp up your charity. Like go, yes. go help out at like a like a soup kitchen or like go just donate your time. Yeah. So much of Ramadan is about charity, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's In the fact, biggest like, thing. I always like, and again, this is like it's like a little bit of a paradox here, but I wish I had the energy, like the physical energy and the time as a parent, like the time to go do more of that. I would do way more in Ramadan if I could. Yeah. yeah, but you work and like like we've said a few times now, work work doesn't slow down. But that yeah. that's the best way to do it, I think, as a non non faster. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So we'll teach everybody how to fast, mm-hmm. and also 
to encourage them to to do some volunteer work and yeah. some charity. That's the that's best great. part. That's, that's yeah. actually like really the best part when when you can that's give great. more and like do more good in the month. Not, yeah. Nothing, nothing tops that's that. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. All right, you guys. So are you ready now for speed round? You've both earned a speed round. Roman, do you think they're ready? For- as long as it's a very special Ramadan speed round, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. What are any stories, books, movies, or television shows that you'd recommend to folks where they can learn about Ramadan or that are about Ramadan? So I mentioned this in the beginning. I really don't think there are that many shows or movies about Ramadan. (laughs) Like there are Christmas movies, like that's a whole genre of its own. There are lots of more children's books out there on Ramadan, which I think is fantastic. But one TV show that I watched that I've seen in the past year that I absolutely loved, and it's called We Are Lady Parts. And it's about this like British Muslim girl punk rock band <laughs> and it's hilarious i uh i just i i have never felt so seen <laughs> as i have show. it's so good such i love that show. show so much yeah. so i would highly recommend that yeah to anyone <laughs> one, of, one of the best shows i've seen in a long long time yes and it's been renewed for season two yeah. i'm so excited nice. oh that's exciting <laughs> safe what about you Yes, yeah, there's like there's a dearth of good content out there. We have, I think, we got as a gift once for the kids. Like, there's a Curious George book about Ramadan, which is like <laughs> was was surprising to me that it even existed. And by it, the way, Curious George is like the worst role model for kids. He's I, basically I, yeah. a bad toddler. Oh yeah, he's really naughty. He gets but, in trouble all the time. But it's actually good. Like, it's really good. Like, we've gone back to it like, right, year, right. year after year. So that's a good one. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> What was your favorite mom dish to break fast with for Ramadan? Safe. So put the wheat thins and the cream cheese aside. I don't think that's mom approved. Yeah, yeah. No, my mom ultimately approved it when we were kids. Mental soup is. It's also like a standard. Like you have your date, and then at least in our culture, you have your lentil soup. That's how you break it fast. Nice. Lena. Nice. This is very typically South Asian, but like the fried pakoras. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, yeah, like we have dates. My mom would make pakoras and there would also be fruit shot, which is like a fruit salad, essentially sprinkled with like salt and pepper on it. So I love that. Yum. Anything fried is always great to break a fast, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what What's your least favorite Ramadan food? My least favorite Ramadan food is overeating. At Iftar. Um, <laughs> but like meat, like we eat so much meat. And if you think about like the state of your stomach and your digestive system when you're fasting, you're like, you're overworking yourself by eating that much meat. So I actually like, I try to ramp down the meat, even though like you need the protein. So I try to get the protein in other places, but I try to eat less meat, which is not I mean, to say I don't like meat, but right. Yeah. Just not, yeah. Just not after you haven't eaten for 12 hours straight. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. For me, I don't know if I have a least favorite Ramadan food. I really, by the time you get to iftar, like I could eat a chair. Like I don't, I don't care. Like I, so I'm really hungry, but I do have like certain, like okay. In college, I remember my friends and I decided one day to break our fast for and have chipotle for iftar and that was one mm. of the worst decisions i ever made and so like I'm with you just on having that. like a huge burrito like right after <laughs> you've been fasting for 15 hours not the best so brands yeah. that should not be marketing during ramadan Got right but if you yeah. think about it like a burrito is the mexican version of what is a very common like iftar plate right like rice yeah. <laughs> rice but- if you have lentils like you got some beans and then meat the problem is in the packaging. Yeah, yeah. It's all, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. It's yeah, all yeah. like right there and you want to eat the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So it's but it's all I've, I've regretted. Yeah. yeah. It's about I'm, pacing yourself. That's yeah. very it's, it's overeating safe. It's overeating. Yeah. No, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you brought that up because my burrito <laughs> consumption since moving to LA has like quadrupled. Um, <laughs> so that's a good reminder to not let it quadruple through the month of Ramadan. Yeah. Don't no, make it exponential. 
That's why you have like an iftar meal, which is like smaller. And then you're supposed to take a break yes. and then have dinner. Yes, yes. So, but like in the summer months, that was really hard because yeah. the sun was setting at like 8 9 p.m. or something. Oh, yeah. And then it's like you felt like you would have iftar and then you basically need to go to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but as it, as it gets shorter every year, hopefully we can get back into that routine. It drives, drives my wife crazy that I do that. <laughs> She's like, I just want to sit down and eat. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to have a glass of water and a date and then wait for 40 minutes. (laughs) My stomach thanks me. (laughs) Oh, coffee. Sorry, Sharon. Here's the like coffee is the worst food in Ramadan because you get coffee headaches. Yeah. Caffeine headaches. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, I give up coffee during the month. I don't know how, like my, like our parents, I don't know, Lena, about your parents, but like Mm -hmm. they still drink it and they seem to be okay. But yeah, I I, I know my parents would just have chai all like, and not, they were fine. They needed to have their chai right at iftar to like (laughs) maintain their sanity, but I don't know, they, (laughs) they managed somehow. (laughs) Well, so I know it's not just about the food. So I guess the last question is, what is one thing uh, that the modern minority and all of us can be doing for Ramadan this year? I, I I would reiterate what I said to Sharon, like take, take time to volunteer or donate more than you normally would, or in a way that you normally wouldn't. Yeah. And, and, and or like, I feel like it's generally been a time of heightened reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's always good, but t- t- tangibly just, yeah. Charity. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I guess another thing I would add is, I don't know, having grown up in the Midwest and like, especially when 9-11 and all that happened, I, I just have always had to think about like, how are Muslims appearing to other people and how are, so I would just encourage everyone, like, take this opportunity to learn more about Muslims in Ramadan and like watch the shows and movies that we just talked about and i don't know like yeah. it's right. like yeah it is it is the religion of over a billion people so it is worth knowing absolutely well guys thank you so much for joining and just sharing your your personal stories and uh how we should be thinking about it so ramadan mubarak <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us this was Thank a really you. nice conversation yeah, ramadan mubarak. much love to you guys and that's our show like what you heard please subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform now more than ever people need to be hearing these stories please share our show with a friend or three want to learn more or got something to share visit modmypod.com or email us hi mom at modmypod.com You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at modminpod. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. I've been Ramin Segal. And I'm still Sharon Lee Tony. Remember, we're all modern minorities out there. We'll talk to you soon. Spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.